0: It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? So if you have your Bibles, let's, uh, let's turn for a minute or two or 30 <clears throat> to uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Thanks, Vince. I appreciate that. Luke chapter 15. Can you hear me okay? Everybody hear me? Gloria, can you hear me back there? Okay, Good what's that i can't hear you okay okay all right there can you hear me now okay can you hear me now, okay. hear me now? <laughs> luke chapter 15 let's look there and uh <clears throat> oh let me see let's uh so much i want to tell you let's um uh, Let's start with verse 11, and we'll, we'll start with the prodigal son there. It's, it's familiar. You know this passage, but uh, just kind of some things have risen up out of it again. Uh, Luke 15 and verse 11 says this Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of this state. So he divided his property between them. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For this, my son of, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called to one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Our Father, we're thankful today. Father, we're thankful every day, but Lord, I I find myself being more thankful in, in moments like this, as we gather together on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or Or, Father, whenever your people gather, whenever your church gathers together, we worship you. Father, I'm so thankful for all that you have done, are doing. Uh, Father, all that you are. And, Father, all that you have created in, in in your family and in your church to be. Uh, Father, the, the emptiness that you've filled, the, the sorrow you've turned into into joy, and, and Father, the the mourning that has that has come into, into a joyful spirit, Father, all the sins that are washed away and, and all the, how you pour righteousness and clothe your people with the garments of praise. And Father, I'm I'm thankful for all this. I'm thankful, Father, that, that this message of salvation and hope and, and joy is spread out to all people around. And Father, I, I'm thankful that you, have, that you have drawn us and you have created something new and exciting within us. Lord, that, that the kingdom of, of God is within our hearts in, in these days through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, guide us this morning. Lord, as we look into your word, guide us that we can know and see and and understand those things that you have prepared for us. Father, you you know our hearts. Lord, you know the week that we've had. Father, you you know the the good things and the difficult things that have crossed everyone's pathway. And Father, some this morning perhaps are struggling with, with pain or hurt or difficulties of life or decisions that that needed to be made and we're hoping they're the right ones or they got to be made and father we're looking for direction father help those who are struggling with illness and father whether they whether they be in the hospital in halifax or in Moncton or father in amherst or or wherever they find themselves even at home on beds of sickness i'm asking lord that an anointing of your holy spirit would come into that room and into their hearts in these days Father, bless each one. And Father, this morning, we recognize your presence. We recognize that, Lord, first of all, where two or three are gathered together, you're there in the midst of them. But but, Lord, this morning, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence here in this place. And I'm asking, Father, that as we continue on in the, in the meditation of your word, that, Father, that you would apply its deep truths into our lives and into our hearts and into our spirits... By the leading of your Holy Spirit. We claim that promise that Jesus gave. Lord that that you would send your Holy Spirit. That he would teach us deeper truths. So Father may it be so today. And Father I'm asking today that you would meet all of the needs that are represented here. Lord we know that nothing is too difficult for you. We know, Father, that our problems are not too difficult for you. We know, Father, that, the, that the, the questions we have are not too difficult for you. We know, Father, that the sickness we go through is not too difficult for you. Father, we know that the valley of the shadow of death is not too difficult for you, for you are there with us and you walk beside us. So, Father, make yours, your staff, your rod, known to us as we walk this journey and father once again this morning lord very sincerely very humbly i'm asking father that you would clothe yourself with this form that you would guide and guard the words of this mouth for father we just desire to hear from you so let lord let it be so Lead us now, Father, as we look into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we know the prodigal son. We know the story that's here. Uh, We've heard bazillions. Of messages on the story of the prodigal and, and the story of the elder son. I mean, we we, we know about this, and, but let, let me summarize it just in case um, you're new to it. Um, Jesus was telling some stories. He was telling some parables, and the parables he was telling here before this, notice, they were all about lost things. Now, for the first one in in uh, verse one of chapter 15, it's about a lost sheep. Now Jesus says, uh, you know, there were notice the setting okay the setting's kind of important to us because it tells us who was listening and who was listening so that speaks to us why he was saying what he was saying it says here in verse one it says now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him that's peculiar right it says the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man, he welcomes sinners and he even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. He said, he said okay, now, now, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, listen, listen to what I have to say here. Suppose that one of you, you know, you had 100 sheep. Or we had a hundred cows. We had a hundred goats. Suppose you know, you, you got a hundred of something that has its own mind and it kind of as a, you know, it eats the grass and does its business and you, you know, you herd it around it. You've got a hundred something that that has an economic value to you. You've got a hundred uh, somethings, you know, in, in the bank and it's it's kind of being looked after. You've got a you've got hundred units of some type of, not Nortel shares, but some type of other kind of a share in the bank. Sorry, Catherine, I just saw you there. <clears throat> You know, you've got, a, you've got a hundred units of something in your RRSP and all of a sudden it shows up you don't have one and you're, you're kind of thinking, what happened to that one unit of my RRSP? Probably you go and find it. Right? That, that's what he says. Now he uses the example of sheep because that was most farmers' RRSPs in those days. And he says, and when he finds it, you know, he he says there in verse 4, he says, suppose one of you has 100 sheep, he loses one, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the sheep, the lost sheep, until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and then goes home. When he finds it, he doesn't say, well, there's my lost sheep, look at that, it's stuck in the bushes. Well, I finally found it, and away he goes. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, okay, it's enough for me to know where that thing is right now. And, you know, it made that decision. It got out there all by itself. It made the journey out. Well, it can just, you know, find its own way home for that matter. It found its way out there. It can find its own way home. But that's not what he said. He said there, he says, verse 5, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and then goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now, my question in that passage, did, he, did, he, did they barbecue that sheep? you know did you right i mean later on in the parable of the prodigal they killed the fat calf you know so kind of thinking you know you when i get you home mister i'm telling you what we're having a barbecue no that's i shouldn't say that but you know but but it's he celebrates he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me i found my lost sheep and then he goes on he says verse seven i tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now that last part, I'm just going to touch on that because that that kind of annoyed me when I read it, you know, the first time. And I thought, does that mean some of us don't need to repent? Is there some of us who are righteous and... Is that what he's saying there? I think, doesn't Romans go on and say, what? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Right? We know that. I just wanted to throw that in there to to annoy everybody and change the subject for a minute. So he goes on. So that's the first parable about the lost sheep. He goes on to the lost coin. He says, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's there's a common theme happening here. And the theme so far in the two, one of the three is, there is rejoicing in heaven... When one person comes home, when one coin is found, when one sheep that was lost returns home, there's rejoicing. There is, there is, uh, what does, what, how would angels rejoice? You know, what do you suppose they do? Slap each other back. Hey, that's a great thing. Did you see what's going on? Maybe they'd sing songs, you know, hey, you know, the victory songs, you know, um, uh, victory in Jesus, you know. But there's rejoicing, whatever that means. There's celebration, something is happening when one person one lamb one sheep one coin that was lost is found so then jesus draws our attention then to the third parable of the lost and the found and he talks about the lost son but he doesn't tell us which son it was he leads us to believe you know the, the first thing and then then about halfway down it down that passage he says there he says okay my son which was lost is found that's when he brings that up so notice notice what he says let's let's kind of zip through this again and uh and we're looking for the celebration we're looking for the the effects of the salvation in heaven and so jesus continued he said okay there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of this day give me my inheritance you know, I have looked around and I've I've been on the farm now for probably 18 years and, and I'm an educated young man. I have a lot of world experience because I'm 18. I've got my license two years ago because I was 16. I know things, you know, and I know that if I had the resources that are available in here, that I could do things. I could be a somebody. And you know, frankly, Father, I'm, I'm tired of the farm. I'm tired of working with these cows. I'm tired of the scours. I'm tired of working with the grapes. I'm tired of the of the of the fungus that grows under the leaves. I'm tired of the stomping through the wine press. I'm, I'm just tired of the whole thing. I'm tired of the heat of the sun and the and the and, the, and the, when it's, when there's no rain. I'm just tired of what it is. And I think I could do something better. Can you give me your resources? So we did. Verse seven, no verse. Uh, I guess it's last of twelve. Verse, verse twelve, last part. So he did. So he divided his property between them. And so not long after that, the younger son he got all together that he had, and he set off to a distant country. And there he it very quickly notice how there's only like one verse that says about this. It's one verse. Not long after that, the younger son got all he had, put it all together in a bag, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth Anything. Notice as Jesus is talking here, a really interesting thing is, is surfacing. He's not glorifying the sin of the sinner. You know that one verse says, "In a matter of, of days, in a matter of years, however long it took, the, the wealth and resources that the son had in his in all of his training and all of his journey and all of his dignity and all of his life experience and all of the family, all that disappeared very." Very fast, and Jesus does not glorify the sin of what it was. You know, I uh, I, th- I think that's kind of important there. Jesus does, though, begin to draw a longer definition of the need and the ache in his heart and life. He was hungry. And, and what this suggests to us is that the things that he was feeding himself with before, they didn't last, number one, right? I mean, you can eat breakfast, and if you don't have lunch, probably by 6 or 7 o'clock at night, you're going to be hungry, right? And, the, and the, the temporal things of life that we spend our resources on, they don't last. I mean, if you've been to the gas pumps, oh my soul, we live in a blessed country, by the prices the the gas prices and where they could be going to with carbon tax and all that great wonderful things that that I'm not gonna say anything about. (laughs) But it doesn't last. The stuff of, of of what we what takes all of our resources just to kinda get by it it doesn't last. There's a there's a growing hunger inside us there's a there's a there's a something around us that it it doesn't last and and there's eventually we wake up and someplace in life and we say this is sure not what i expected i'm in a place you know that 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 this is not what i really wanted you know i thought you know and we go it's funny because we go through this all of life you know when you're just a kid you can hardly wait for your birthday Right? I'm going to have a party and all these gifts and it's going to be great and the party comes and goes and and, and then we're empty again for a while. And, and I'm going to get my license when I'm 16, and I'm going to sit in the IJ parking lot and watch the one car go by through town, you know, and, and I'm going to have fun. And it's going to be, you know, and that comes and goes. And, and we think, well, you know what? I'm graduating, I'm, you know, I'm 22, graduating high school, and when I get through that, that's going to be good, you know. We, we, we think, well, I'm, I'm going away, you know, I'm going to work in the woods, or going to go to university, or I'm going to get a job someplace, and that's going to be great. And by and by we find ourselves to be 60, 70, 80 years old, Maybe, maybe, maybe even 45 or 50. And we get to the one spot and all of a sudden you wake up one day, you got a house full of kids. The house is a mess. You're doing your best. There's not enough money to get through the end of the month. There's not enough food in the cupboards to get through the end of the week. The oil bill is due. And you're thinking to yourself, this is not what I thought it was going to be like. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Sure. We've all been down that road. The stuff that we consume ourselves with does not last. Notice verse 17. So Jesus just gave us one, two, three verses on the ache and the need. He gave us one verse on what, is, what, what I'm going to call the sin. He squandered his wealth. <clears throat> he gave us three verses on the, uh, the downward spiral to the ache and the need. And now he comes up in verse 17 to the awakening. To the awakening. When he came to his senses. When he, went out, when he woke up one day. When he rolled out of bed and the pigs were staring him right there in the face. When he, when he threw his covers off or threw the rags off that he was covering himself with so he could be warm at night. And his stomach was growling and he saw what the pigs were eating and he thought to himself, you know what? For the first time in my life I've come to a realization that it doesn't matter. That slop over there... I, I, can, I can do that. I can, I can eat that because I am that hungry right now. I've tried so much stuff to fill my belly and nothing lasts. I'm going to try even the worst that this world has to offer. I'm going I'm to try the rejects of, of someone else's table. I'm going to try the, the things that everyone has taken all the value out of. That's where I'm at. <clears throat> do you ever feed pigs? you ever have pigs I, i've never had pigs so i'm gonna make something up but <laughs> <clears throat> but i but i i know people who have pigs uh, pigs are a big staple in cuba probably you know and uh ruth and i were out one time doing a doing a video for um, one of the groups going down and uh, this great big monster pig was in this little house behind the video you know and it Stood up on its hind legs, and I mean, that thing, it had to weigh a thousand pounds. It was a monster. And they looked out there, and I thought, my soul. Of course, I could see what it was eating. And I'm not going to even say what it was eating because it was really not good. You know, but I mean, the best parts of it were the table scraps and the peelings from old mangoes and stuff. And and, uh, <clears throat> and it, it struck me then. <clears throat> it struck me that about the prodigal. That, that he was there in that slop and mire, and he, was a, he, was, he had settled in himself that <clears throat> that's what I deserve. The wasted scraps of the whole world. The ache of my heart is so, is so strong right now, and I am so empty that I will take everything even the world rejects. I'll put it inside me because maybe that will help me to to get rid of a little bit of the agony. When he came to himself, he remembered what it was like in the father's house. That's quite a thing, isn't it? He he remembered. I I thought... To myself, what about those people who have never experienced the blessings of God? What, what, about, what about those people who have, never, who have never sensed how good God is? What, what about those, those people who have, <clears throat> who have, never, who have never known the, the, the wonderful outpouring of God's spirit, who have never known the, 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 the grace and the power and the strength that God, that God gives to us? What do they remember when they're in that place? I I remember a a gal, I read the book um, uh, called uh, Devil Take the Youngest. And uh, I think the author's her name was Laureen Stratford. It was an interesting book. It was about her spiral down into slavery. And uh, uh, she became a sex slave in Los Angeles at a a mansion there. wasn't, I don't know if, if it was the Playboy Mansion, but it was a place that they were actually kept in cages, and uh, <clears throat> her, her life was not a good life. It was not a good life. Her, her, her mother, extremely dysfunctional, and, uh, and uh, she never knew her father. Uh, but her mother was just, uh, just really dysfunctional, and so they didn't have any money. So whenever her mother needed any work done around the house, she would sell her daughter to the workman. Yeah, that's how she grew up. And uh, so, she, I mean, just a kid, just a, just a child and uh she said one day there was a knock at the door and a and a person was there and they were looking for people for sunday school looking for kids Do you have any kids for sunday school and uh they said to to her you know she was kind of there and playing or something in the in the room and and her mother was there and and uh, they asked the mother and before the mother could say yes or no she said well what's sunday school you know she just kind of was a child and and they said, well, it's where we just go, and all the kids gather together. We learn stories about the Bible, about Jesus. And said, I don't know anything about Jesus, but I'd, I'd like to go. So her mother was a little embarrassed, and so she said, well, okay, you can go. She only went <clears throat> two or three times, because they moved so much, uh, because bill collectors would catch up and all that. And, and, uh, but she said that, that, um, that what she remembered about Sunday school was this picture of Jesus on the wall. And Jesus had, had children all around him, you know, and under, under it said something like, you know, let the kids come to Jesus. Or She was trying to define this, but, you know, of course, it's where Jesus said, you know, allow the children to come up to me. <clears throat> but she said, I remember this picture of Jesus on the wall. And she said, uh, she, said, she said, I said to the, this is what she writes, she says, I said to the Sunday school teacher, would Jesus ever let me sit on his lap? Sunday school teacher said, well, yes. You know, that Jesus wants all of us to come to him. And he wants to take us on, our, on his lap and hug us. And, and, and he wants to help us through life. And she said, I don't think Jesus would like me. And she began to say some things that made her mother need to move right away. <clears throat> she only went to that Sunday school about three times. And then they had to move. And she said that she never forgot that. She never forgot this one little song. And so this one night, um, it was it was late in the night. Now she had grown up. She was she was a maybe 20 or something like that. But she had found she found herself. Her mother finally just sold her as a as a slave um, in the United States. this happened into a, into a group in Los Angeles, I believe it was, and uh, as a sex slave. And people would just hire the mansion and the way they'd go. And, and after one particularly horrendous night, she said that she was out in this cage that was open outside and, the, and it was a, covered in and all around with, this, with a chain link fence. And she looked up at the moon and she said, God, are you real? And then all of a sudden she remembered that, that picture on the wall. And she remembered this one little song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And she began to hum it couldn't quite remember all the words but she began to hum it and there was another girl in there she came out she said what are you what are you humming and she hummed it a little louder and she said i know that song jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong she said god are you real it wasn't long after that that um that the police made a raid on the place and uh And they were all freed and, you know, she went through substantial counseling. But she sought out a church and she said, the first person she went into the church with, tell me about Jesus. I just want to know about Jesus. Because she remembered something that, that, that did something inside her heart. And when life got to its lowest point... She came to herself, she, she remembered, something Something awoke within her and she, she said, I want that something. None of this other stuff, this, this terrible stuff of the world, the, the refuge and the garbage and, the, and the, the lowest of the low, none of that does anything. I want the real stuff. When he came to himself, he remembered what it was like to live in his father's house. He remembered... <clears throat> that there was food enough. He remembered that there was clothes enough. He remembered that, that, that his father helped him through all the things. And he said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my father, Father, I have sinned. This is, this is not a good thing, Father. I have sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be your son. But could you just let me back into the house? You know what? I'll sweep the floor. I'll clean the floor. I'll do the cooking. I'll even shovel out the pig pen, Father. Just let me come home. You ever been in that place? You ever been in that place? You no longer have any pride And you're thinking, I hope dad will let me come home. And as he got closer, you know, and and as the territory got familiar, and he got what little belongings he had, and it wasn't much, he could carry it all on his back. He went out with wealth, he went out with treasure loads, he went out with bags full of money, he went out with everything that that of the blessings of his father and the estate and all, and he was coming home with tattered rags that smelled like pig manure. And I suspect that as the territory got a little familiar, a little bit of fear began to rise up inside. I wonder what Dad's gonna say. I've embarrassed family. I've embarrassed my dad. Maybe, and it doesn't say this here, but it does say that uh, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. You know that—that's uh, a startling passage right there. While he was a long way off, his father saw him. And I wonder—wonder what did he see? What did he see? What did he see that caused him to have such compassion? Maybe—maybe maybe he saw a stumbling foot. Oh boy, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. As he got closer. <clears throat> You know, you know what it's like. You, everybody wants to come home as as prideful. You know, I, I've done well. I've done really well for myself. You know, I've got I've got gifts for everybody. I've got I've got <clears throat> driving a Harley, Joseph. You know, I've made it to the top. <clears throat> you know, I, I you know, we 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 we've, we've, we've done we've done well, and my dad's going to be proud of me there he was and maybe as he got closer maybe he saw oh man these grapes look really good these are my dad's fields the orchards wow they've never looked so good and he looked at himself and his shoes and sandals were no longer even there he was walking his bare feet and and he had just come out of the pig pen he was pig manure right to his knees And the the garment he had was tattered and it was torn. And he he tried to brush stuff off. But maybe as he got closer, his feet, his walk got a little slower. And he began to think, boy, this might be more than I can do. But his father saw him a long way off. And he had compassion for him. And as he, as he, as, you know, there, then there's this picture of the father, and, and I, in my mind that the father, I, I picture their house on a hill, and so he had a commanding view of all around him as the roads that all approached him. And, and, and he was, he was up there one day, and maybe he was on the front veranda, and he had a cup of tea, he had the binoculars beside him, because my grandfather always had binoculars. <clears throat> and he was looking out over the fields, just kind of looking, seeing, because that's who he was, and, and he saw, them. look, there's a traveler. And for a moment, you know what it's like when you love a child so much and they've been gone away for such a long time. And you kind of think, you know, the first, the first few years you think, man, I hope, I hope my son comes home today. I, I hope my daughter, you know, comes home just for a visit. You know, I, I She doesn't have to stay if she doesn't want to. I know my house was restrictive a little bit. I know that it was hard for her when she was here or hard for him when he was around. But it would be so nice to see them if I could just, I wish they'd just come home. And every day he took the binoculars and just kind of looked out over the fields and paused on the road a little bit. There was this day. There was this form coming up, and it was a long ways off. And the walk was a little bit familiar. Something jumped in his heart, some, some, some emotion, some feeling. Some, and it says compassion, but, I, but I thought compassion, that's an interesting w- use of words. Why wouldn't it say some excitement? Hey, That's a good word. I'd be excited. My kids come home. Why wouldn't he say something like, oh, some great joy? That, that'd be a good word. Why wouldn't he say, you know, love just sprang into his heart? He recognized. But it says compassion. Because there was something about this figure coming to his house that that was sad. That caused him to have an ache in his heart. He said, wow. But it was mixed with such love that the father got up and he said, that sure looks like my son. And I'm going to take off right now. There's nothing stopping me because I'm going to see him. I'm going to see who this is. I'm going to see if this is my son. I'm going to suffocate that fellow with a hug. And I'm going to, you know, this to be great. And down he went. And there he was. And it was his son. And the, fun, the son, you know, brushes up on all of his, all of his uh, <clears throat> strength. I think that's right, isn't it? Well, he was a long ways off. Let's read that. He had compassion on him, ran down, threw his arms around him, kissed him. And the son said to him, look look at that. Look at that. Look, 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 look. Verse 21. The father was just lavishing his love on him. Oh, my son, you know, he was weeping, he was crying. And the smell, well, the smell didn't matter because the son was home. The son was inside the smell. The son was inside the rags. The son was inside the hurt. The son was inside the pain. It didn't matter that the the father's tears were going to wash all that stuff away. And he was just hugging him. My son is home. And I, you know, in my mind, I almost see it—the sun just. Okay, okay, Dad. Okay, stop. I gotta say something before. Before I gotta say it now, because if I wait any longer, I don't know if I can. Dad, I've sinned against you. And I've sinned against heaven. And I'm not worthy to be called your son. Right? Is that not what it says? Yeah. Verse twenty-one. Look there. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. <clears throat> Verse 22. But the father said to the servants. "Wait a minute now. Okay. The son said to the father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But the son said to the, the father said to the servants. Okay. What did the father say to the son? Anybody see that? Father didn't say anything to the son. Isn't that curious? I must have got that wrong. So the, father, the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put the ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Why didn't the father say anything to the son in that moment? He didn't need to. He didn't need to because his actions spoke louder than words. You see, God's actions for us always speak louder than words. Someone said, someplace that I read, "Don't, don't tell me what you think you can do? Show me. Actions speak louder than words. And the son was all prepared. He he was he was all ready. You know he was he was <clears throat> submitting to the father's authority. He was theirs, um, and he was confessing his sin. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am not worthy to be here. But I but I I want to come home. And the father said, you want to come home? I have been waiting for you to come home. I have been agonizing for you to come home. I have been looking for you to come home. Quick, everybody, let's get ready because this my son who was dead is now alive again. He was lost and it's found. He was way out there and now he's home. We're going to have a party. Bring a robe. Wash this fella up because he's got a kind of an odor. Wash him up. Change his clothes. Get the ring. Get the fatted calf. Get everything because there's a celebration about to happen. And they began to celebrate. Right? That, that's how the story of the prodigal son ends. But it doesn't end there. That's the story of the prodigal son. But what about the son who wasn't the prodigal? Right? What about the son who wasn't the prodigal? What about the son who didn't go away? Because <clears throat> Jesus said there was a guy with two sons. Okay, so, so just hold on a minute. Hold on minute. So we got the the parable of the lost sheep. Okay, there was one sheep that was lost. We got the parable of the lost coin. There's one coin that was lost and it was found. And every time the sheep was, when the sheep was found, they celebrated. When the coin was found, they celebrated. When the lost son was found, they celebrated. But the story doesn't end. And he says, okay, what about the older son? What about the older brother? <clears throat> the older son was in the field, he came near the house. You know, this this always bothers me. I gotta, I gotta tell you, this this always bothers me because nobody invited the older son. You know, nobody said, you know, <clears throat> you know the Nobody said, you know, let's let's get let's get the older brother. Let's get the older brother out and, and, and we can have a whole family reunion. You know? There's just the three of us. You know, It's great because he'll be so happy that the son is home. Well, he wasn't happy. And I think everybody knew he wasn't going to be happy because I think he probably wasn't the nicest person to get along with by what happens after this. <clears throat> so, so notice, he says, the older son was in the field. So everybody else stopped work. Okay, you know, You've ever been in this situation? Everybody else stopped work and they're going in and they're going to have refreshments or they're going to have cake and everybody gets invited to the party but you. Wouldn't you be a little ticked off? Uh, maybe it's just me. I'm a little sensitive that way. He heard music and dancing. Well, what was he doing out in the field by himself? Didn't he clue in somewhere along the, along the line that everybody else was, was having a really good time and he wasn't? Was he, was he way off by himself and there was no one else? You know, when all the servants and all the workers disappeared, you know, when the, when the tractor stopped running because it was out of gas, didn't he have a clue that there was no one else around? How is it that he was unaware of the joy and the celebration that was happening on the very farm he was part of the owner of? He called one of the servants, verse 26, and, and asked him, what's going on? Hey, what's? what's happening why is everybody so happy what I, I i smell barbecue there's nobody around the barns are empty the fields are empty where is everybody yeah. so the servant said verse 27 he says your brother has come he replied now wouldn't you hate to be that servant that got asked that question by that guy i think so Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry, and he refused to share in the joy and celebration. He refused to accept this family member back into the family. He refused. And if he had his way, he would say to this person, he said, don't you ever darken the door of our house again. You disgraced us. You embarrassed us. You took the wealth that we had and you squandered it all over. And he was very descriptive of what happened. Am I reading that wrong? I'm not. That's what he said. The older brother became angry. His father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, look, Dad, listen. For once in your life, listen to me. All these years I have been slaving for you and I have never disobeyed anything that you asked Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he didn't say, what when my brother, but when this family member, but this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, when he comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. And the father said, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. <clears throat> you see, this, this one, this parable ends with this awful realization and this awful fact of a joyless Christian life. I've never had a party. I don't know what all, the, what all the ruckus is about this person that, you know, yeah, okay, they got saved, but, you know, nobody ever celebrated about all the work I've done. And I've been working here, Dad, for a long time. Father, I've been, I have been slaving in the vineyard for 40 years. I have taught all those kids in Sunday school, and you know what they were like? The, some of them Collins kids were in there. And we all know what they're like. That little fella in 1967 showed up with a short military haircut, flat top, you know, kind of thing. He was as bad as could be. And we all know what I had to teach him. Lord, I worked here for 40 years. How come nobody celebrates my stuff? <clears throat> you know, Jesus said in... Uh, Oh, uh, let me think. John chapter 15. I've said all these things to you so that your joy might be full. Right? I said it again, something similar to that over in John chapter 17, it seems to me. I'm going to say about verse 13. He said, uh, he said I've said this so that in me you might have joy. Not as the world gives, do I give unto you. Joy. Not as the world gives. <clears throat> See, the younger son in the story of the parable of the prodigal here, it's, uh, he was looking for joy as the world gives. And he found when he was in the pig pen that joy does not last and it does not fill and it does not do anything the other chap the older son (coughs) he was was trying to find joy in obedience but he reckoned himself to be a slave and not a joint heir with Christ the stuff that he was doing around the (coughs) was, well (coughs) somebody's got to fix the tractors Somebody's got to fill them up. Somebody's got to go out and prune the grapes. Somebody's got to harvest the grapes. Somebody has to do this. Well, you going to do it? You? Well, then it falls to me, doesn't it? Because the buck stops here. I'm going to inherit all this, so I guess I've got to go do it. And there was no joy in what he was doing. But also, there was no realization that he could have that joy anytime he wanted it. And, and the father, he, he brings this out. He says, he says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Why are you living a defeated and impoverished and a troubled and an angry Christian life when everything that God has is yours? Jumpins, i got to say it. <laughs> Why do we do that? We don't have to do that. I'll tell you why we do that. Because we don't know who our father is. We don't. We we have it in our mind. Our our father is this this terrible judge that if I don't fill my quota of prayer today, if I don't fill my quota of time today, if I don't fill my quota of service today, that he's going to get me and the stuff's not going to get done and he's going to come and he's going to scold me. But we don't understand how much he loves us. He would sit on the veranda and he would stare out over the horizon and he would say, I wish my son would come home not so that there could be more work done but so that I can just love him. See, we don't know who the father is. We view him as this when really he wants to be this. And my soul, he wants to be this. He sent his only son into the far country to find you. He sent his only son when he found you that you could not pay your bills, that you could not last, and you couldn't get out of slavery. He sent his son to take your place so you could slip out under the blood of the Lamb of God and find yourself home again. That's how much he loves you. Why don't we know who the Father is? But we can. There's the thing. We can. We can come home. <clears throat> you see, the elder brother here, that's, that's, I've said everything else just to say this last couple thoughts. Sorry, it took me a long time, but I'm a little wordy. You know? <clears throat> I said all that to say this last time. See, because the elder brother, he was not home even though he lived at home. Because to live at home and be at home means you need to know who it is that you are at home. I mean, I mean, you've, you've been places, you know, there's a the Spanish phrase, mi casa, su casa. My house is your house. You know, and we, you, you go there and, and maybe someone says to you, my house is your house. And what that means is, you know, if you want something in the fridge, no one's going to wait on you. You just go help yourself. You know, you what? Know, you want to go to bed in the middle of the afternoon and have a siesta? You just go because no one's going to say, you know, are you tired? You know, you don't have to sit up talking and you don't have to wear a suit and tie all the time. Just relax, be at home. You know, this is who you are. This is where you are. We're family. <clears throat> but the son, who did not leave home, had never known home. Because he didn't know who his father was. He didn't know what that meant for him. He didn't know that that joy was for him and that joy is for you it's for you i'm talking to you that peace is for you that blessing is for you i was praying one day ruth and i went away before all this kerfuffle about the district and district superintendency and all that and I struggled with this. I really did. I struggled with this because I'm not a normal kind of a person. And I admit it. <coughs> I'm whatever. I'm odd. Not normal. Not going to be. Not going to try to be. And, uh, and I took my name off the list. I, I wrote the general superintendent's office said, I don't, this is not for me. Not for me. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. I don't feel clear to do it. And they went, the founders, and they put my name back on them. They wouldn't let me take my name off. So I was praying about that and thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? Start a revolution here? You know, and uh, and as I prayed about it, I, and all these these things came up and, and uh, about, you know, how am I going to manage this with the church here in Oxford? And I, get, I don't want to leave the church. And, uh, Lord, if you're asking me to do this, and he kept just saying, just stay in the river and stay in the river. And I said, Lord, I don't really want to do this. He said, just stay in the river and we know we're going to make it, you know, and all that. And then I said, Lord, there's so many problems. How... Am I going to deal with this and still do this? And he said very clearly to me this. He said this. Listen to this. Those problems are not your problems. Those are my problems. You just stay in the river. You just stay in the place where we have fellowship together, and I'll tell you every day what to do. You don't have to have the answers to anything. Those are my problems, not yours. And I thought of that on another scale. I thought of that on Christian lives. I thought of that in families. And we're saying, Lord, I've got so many problems. I've got so much trauma. I've got so much stuff. I, got, I have so much month, And I have no money. And I hear the Lord say, those are not your problems. Those are my problems. And when you decide to give them to me, then you'll know what I can do. See, that's knowing who our Father is. Oh, we say, you know, God is my Father. Okay, how many of you worry about your monthly bills? We say, God is my Father. How many worry about your retirement? We say, well, God is my Father. How many of us worry about stuff? Because, you know what? We don't really know what that means. He is my Father. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, this morning we are thankful, Lord, that you are our Father. Father, I'm thankful that you are the God who has redeemed us, who has saved us, who has made a way for us, that you you welcome us home, you welcome us to that relationship of of being at home and being with you. And Father, I, I, I don't know, Lord, but perhaps, Father, that there's there's some who are here today, there's some who are listening at home, there's some who are on Facebook or, or maybe on YouTube later on. But but Father, some who are listening say, I want to go home like that. What's the way home? Father, I <clears throat> I know that you have put it in my heart in my mind to speak these words on your behalf because there are people who you want to come home and you are, <clears throat> you are waiting for them and you've made a way for them and, and there is a clean robe and there is, a, there is a bath and there is a shower there is a cleansing action and there is a fellowship and there is a welcome home and there is a celebration that they will be home but they're afraid <clears throat> they're afraid because they've done some terrible things in life they're afraid because they, they, they've, they've woken up at the very worst place in the world to be. and They're afraid. But Father, how you love your people. Lord, how you love your children. Father, help us to know you. And, and Father, help, help us to translate that into our weekly activities of, of joy and celebration. Not joy like the world gives, Father, but joy like you give. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadows, we know your joy. For you walk with us, we don't walk alone. So, Father, as we sing this last song, Lord, I'm just, I want to commit all these folks into your hands. Bless them and guide them. Father, help us to draw close to you that we can know you. Not just about you, not just what you do, but Father, we can know you. We can have fellowship with you. Lord, help us to come home. Lead us, Lord, as we sing this song. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts individually. As only you can do. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray.